It's Triple M Breakfast. With Tammy and JB. Tammy received some good news in my email this week. After some time, Hog's Breath is reopening in the city. How good. How good. You remember the curly fries? I remember being a kid. Well, not so much a kid, maybe a teen, early 20s, visiting Hog's Breath for the first time. Those fries were insane. The curly fries, they were what you went for. They look like little piggy tails. But Hog's Breath Cafe, they're reopening in the uh, New Look Cairns City restaurant. they got a community event this Saturday. 25th of Feb, and um, should be a fantastic time. So get around it. Just check out the Hogsbreath Facebook page for all the details. Good family steak restaurant as well, isn't it, Hogsbreath? Yeah, pretty good price. You're not going to pay too much. Get the whole family fed. Kids will find something they love. Now I'm hungry. But, Tammy, it got me thinking about restaurants that have disappeared over the years here in Cairns. So obviously me, that I was here when I was younger, then I went away for 10 years, and now I'm back. I'm looking around, I'm noticing things that used to be here, and they're gone. And I've gone, oh, no. An example, Cairns Central Game Station. It's now JB Hi-Fi in Cairns Central. Oh. There's, a, there's a whole list of these, and I want to focus more on the restaurants, but I dare say you would have a couple of examples of restaurants over the years that have disappeared that imagine if for one day you could pick one of those restaurants to reopen. Can you imagine how good that would be? Yeah. What would, what would be your go-to, do you think? So I was born and raised in Cairns. There was a restaurant. I remember being a little girl in the 80s. It was called Tawny's Seafood Restaurant. It was on Marlin Parade. If anyone can remember, down where like Dundee's is now, Cairns Harbour Lights, um, Ollie's Restaurant. I think that is exactly where Tawny's was. Now, this was a really big deal. Mum and Dad, we, I think we only went there twice. It was a very special, big celebration place. Yeah. Very fancy. We wore our best clothes, but I would bring back Tawny's Seafood Restaurant. Well, I'd love to open this up to the phones on one triple three five three. By the way, anyone that calls the show today gets an entry into Tammy's Chocolato, which we'll draw after eight thirty. But one triple three five three, if you could pick any restaurant from the Cairns region that you would like to see reopen, think back in the day, your favourite go-to place. We want to hear from you. We're going to get this list together. One triple three five three, which Cairns restaurant? Needs to make a comeback. Uh, the Crystal Twig that used to be in Ridges on the Esplanade. I remember about 20-odd years ago. It was a brilliant restaurant if you wanted really five-star service. The Crystal Twig, did you say? Yep. How long ago do you think um, we lost it? Uh, about 20 years ago. Oh, Ooh, okay. What was the best thing they served there, Dennis? Uh, it was just anything. There was, there was, yeah. You could buy steaks or Italian or things like that. But it was, it was the probably the most upper class restaurant that you could get, and it was great for anniversaries and that sort of thing. Crystal Twig, and it must be special if it closed twenty years ago, and you still have that memory. Thanks for the call. Much appreciated. Thanks, Bye. Sue from Bentley Park. Which Cairns restaurant needs to make a comeback? Montezuma's. Oh, I Tammy's love that. Tammy's just gotten jacked up. Where's Montez- Where was Montezuma's? In Sheridan Street. Okay. It was a Mexican restaurant. Really? Yeah, my friends actually owned it. Shout out to the Wells family. Montezuma. Well, can you tell them to please open it for a night? Yeah, why not? They're busy, but they can surely put do something else in there. Do they still live here? Yeah, they do. Can- we should set up a night where they cook us Montezuma's food. We'll invite Sue. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go there. <laughs> I'll host it at my place, Sue. We'll get them over and we'll get some Montezuma's on. Okay, that'd be great. <laughs> Sounds like a plan, Sue. Good idea. We'll take one last call. Cole from Warry. Mate, what needs to make a comeback restaurant-wise? Mate, there used to be a joint on Spence Street. 
and it was called the Steakhouse and Pancake Matter. The Steakhouse and Pancake Matter. Love the combo. Yeah. I'm already interested. How long ago did it disappear? A uh, long time ago. Geez, I went there in the mid-80s. Uh, probably when I moved back here in... I'd come back in 1990 and it was gone. So. Oh, isn't it devastating? Going away, coming back, and your favourite oh, things have gone. Oh, love yeah, it. I know. All yeah, right, Cole. Of steak. Yum. Oh, Thanks, mate. mate. We'll put you in Tammy's Chocolato. We're all, we're all hungry. I actually like the idea of the Montezuma's thing. I think we should have dinner with Sue and get them to oh, imagine if we could recreate it. See if I can make some calls. Yeah. Tammy and JB for Brecky on Cairns, 99.5 Triple M. An interesting crime story involving a cow out of Chiligo. Did you see this? No, a cow. A cow, a dead cow In on a the crime. side of the road. It's a crime involving a dead cow. Interesting. Pretty interesting. Four men have been charged with stealing after allegedly butchering a roadkill carcass on the outskirts of Chiligo. What had happened? There's a 27-year-old man from here in Cairns, 34-year-old Mariba man, and two Chiligo men aged 22 and 26. They've been charged with one count of stealing. So what they'd done is they were driving along, and uh, it was on February 9, but police alleged the men located a dead steer next to the Burke Development Road. So they've come across roadkill, essentially. The visualisation of that is really interesting. So there's a cow dead on the side of the road. These fellas are we've all driving. Seen, we've all seen it, right? How often have you been driving around this area and the dead cow on the side of the road? Mate, and John and I travelled Australia. There's dead roadkill everywhere around. Is there a part of you that ever thinks, you know what? Good bit of meat there. Oh, I, yeah. I, do you think that? Oh, yeah, when we're in the Northern Territory and like the inner sections of WA, yeah. there's dead uh, kangaroos everywhere. Well, and and people, Tammy's there licking her lips going, no, bit of meat on off No, her. but people would chop the tails off the kangaroos. And I said to John, what's going on? These kangaroos don't have tails. He goes, no, no, a lot of the locals chop them off and they take them home and eat them. They eat just the tail. Yeah. But would you ever consider eating it? I probably wouldn't do it that way, but I kind of think it's fair game. It's dead. Well, that's what I would think. So where the crime actually comes in. So the four men allegedly butchered the animal and then transported the meat to addresses around Chiligo. So they've got this, they found a dead cow and went, well, it's all right. Butchered it up and got all the meat wow. from it. Yeah, to me, I don't know. To me, I might say fair, fair game, as you said, but... Um, what had happened is under the Nature Conservation Act, it's illegal for an unauthorised person to use any part of a protected animal's body even after it's died. Now, cattle, obviously, not a protected animal, but regardless of whether of where the carcass is discovered, it still belongs to the grazier. So whether the cow's died or what's happened, it had an ear tag, it belongs to a grazier. So no matter what you do with it, they are responsible for it. That actually makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And if I was the grazier, I would be pretty cranky that happened. Can I actually just add something to this? Yeah. It has just come to me. I'm not going to name the person because a lot of people will know them here in Cairns. But someone very close to me, up on Coranda, no word of a lie, a deer. Now, I didn't even know there were deer up there. A deer had come out on the main road just north of the Barron Bridge and had been hit. Yeah. And this person I know who lived in Coranda at the time got a phone call and said there's a dead deer, like a deer had been hit on the side of the road. Yeah. They whizzed in at the scene. They got it. Chopped it all up yeah. and took it back. Uh, why that's not a crime is it was wild. It wasn't, it didn't belong to anyone. But, um, yeah, needless to say, uh, check the ear tags if you are that way inclined. Um, me personally, I like to go to the butcher, but um, <laughs> hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat. JB, I want to touch on something that's a little bit serious in my life. Um, and I do wonder often if there's women of a certain age group to myself in the mid-40s that 
probably go through this. Now, first of all, I'm five foot four. I'm not going to share my exact weight, but a lot of people would look at me and say, well, you don't have a weight issue. What are you talking about? You're tiny, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I come from a background. I was a professional stunt woman. Um, when I was a particular show, I was on Xena Warrior Princess and I had a lot of body issues back in the day because I stunt doubled for Gabrielle, the sidekick to Xena. Well, when you're expected to compare with someone else and look like that and it's Absolutely. your job, it's your it would job. be natural that and the pressure would come, wouldn't it? Times I was told, you're too skinny, you're too skinny because my body was smaller. And then literally within months, I ate a bit of food thinking, okay, put on weight. And then I got told, you are fat. Now, I am going to put this out there. There's any young kids going to school listening right now. This is about body positivity, but it is really interesting, the pressures that society get. Now, Mm. I was lucky I didn't ever suffer from eating disorders, but I think as I've got older, I've been very confident in my body. But as I've also aged, I've noticed that my body doesn't do what it used to do. Right, And where I'm at now, um, heading towards turning 46 in April, I really want to regain my fitness levels and a certain physique that I used to have. Now, you've got to put the effort in to get a physique. And I don't need to be really, really skinny. I don't like the word skinny, but I want to be fit. Um, so as you know, you are, uh, you're aware of this, I'm going to train for the pyramid half race. I'm helping train and you've asked me to keep you accountable for, yeah. for the pyramid, the half pyramid, nine Ks up and back in August. And now I know it's going to be hard, but I want to commit to it. I need a goal. And I think sometimes in life we get busy committing to all these other things in our life, but we don't commit to ourselves and our physical goals. So, um, the next thing I want to do is start swimming training. Okay. I'm so scared of swimming. I've never been a great swimmer. I love swimming. So the first step for me, I went to Rebel Sport yesterday and I bought myself a pair of Speedos. She's which... off. She's <laughs> off. And she's, that's a win. Yes. So I went in there. So and you got like, yourself a pair of Speedos. Pair, a pair of Speedos. The now, brand Speedos. Let me clarify. Yeah, yeah. Speedos. Not the, <laughs> not, Tammy. Not, not the budgie smuggler type. <laughs> no, Maybe a a bunch of people pair. calling up. What pool is she swimming at again? I just wanted to check. Yeah, which one? No, I got a pair of Speedos. I was like, okay, what size? And I hate trying things on in change rooms, but I got a pair and I went in there and, you know, let's just say the change room mirrors are not friendly. How, um, how do you, I don't know how to ask this. What goes on the... Where do you put the – how do you try well, you togs to, on without it touching no, you have, your bits? You have to wear a pair of undies underneath. I'll right? say so you wear your own. So You, you have to wear your undies and separation. you try them on. But I tried them on and I was like, oh, these are so unflattering. Like I just felt really not happy and I was like, oh, my God, I swear these angles aren't good. But I'm like, Tammy, just get the pair of Speedos, walk out the door, and the next step is going to Tribook Pool. But I think, you know, sometimes in life you have to just stop throwing a little bit of SHIT on yourself. You yeah. have to just – this is who I am. The only way I can better myself is putting one step in front of the other. And it really took me yesterday afternoon to go home. I was tired. And instead of just lazing around all afternoon, got my A into G. I went for a walk. And the next step for me today is to go to Truett Pool, sign up from some swimming lessons and actually start this process. So I'm having a bit of a moment. I was feeling down on myself yesterday, but I'm feeling proud because you don't get anywhere if you don't take action. Exactly right. So get into it. Good luck at the Tobruk Pool today. And I guarantee when you get there, you'll be looking fantastic doing it. Can's History Book. Here's some real stories from right here in our region with Dr. Sandy. One of our favourite ladies from the Cairns Historical Society and Museum, Dr. Sandy Robb. Thank you for joining us once again today. Oh, that's great to be here. 
We love it. Now, each week you bring us in a real story from our region. What are we looking at this week? Uh, this week's a bit of a sad story, but a bit of a miraculous story, whichever way you want to look at it. I want to talk about a young lady uh, called uh, May Lacey, and she was one of only two female survivors from the terrible shipwreck, the Quetta, which went down in um, on nearly 133 years ago on the 29th of February, 1890. Whereabouts exactly did it go down? Well, it went down up near uh, Thursday Island uh, at a place near what they what seafarers know as Mid Rock, uh, and it was a it was a bit of a moment like no other for them because it was a rock underneath the sea that they didn't know about and they hit that and it completely took out the side of the ship and um, on board there was about 282 people and a very big sail shade over the whole lot and of the 50 women that were on board with their children only two survived and little um, 16 year old May Lacey was one of them and a little child who was saved by a Javanese man who was on his way back from a from the cane fields at Marillion. Goodness, well, that's an adventure right there as well for him. How, how did she go from there? Well, the ship was going down. It took three minutes, so it was very little time. It was 9.15 at night, so it was very dark. And uh, the ship went down. She went and grabbed her 14-year-old sister. The two of them went into the water. She lost grasp of her sister. She never saw her again. And then she was um, pulled onto a boat, but she decided when they got close to land that they... She would swim, but she's fully clothed at this stage, so it's very long, heavy clothing. And then she got swept out. The tides were very strong, and she was swept, being swept out to sea. And it was just luckily that the captain who had a spyglass just saw what he thought was a coconut in the water, and it was just her uh, trying desperately to get to land. Well, so after being lucky, he twenty really hours in the water. A coconut. So did they take it ashore on one of the islands up there around? They T-I? took it ashore, and the. Some of the crew put their took their clothes off their back and gave her their clothes and uh, to look after her. Wow, yeah. where did she end up residing? Do we know that kind of thing? Like, it's an interesting uh, story. She went back down. I think she went to Rockhampton. Okay, and lived out the rest of her days happily. Well, Hopefully. with PTSD, I'd imagine. I imagine it was a pretty full-on story, but there you go. What an incredible story of escape and obviously heartbreak, a true, real story. There really are great adventure exploring stories that come out of this great region, not just here in Cairns, but right up towards Cape York and TI. I absolutely love that. Absolutely. Now, you there at the Cairns Historical Society and Museum, you mentioned off air you're looking for some volunteers right now. Oh, we sure are. So if anyone has got some spare time and they want to come in and volunteer as our guides or on reception we're very busy at the moment those cruise ships they just keep us busy 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 so we would love to have uh, anyone come through the door and say they would like to be our guide and learn about our north's history and be able to tell it to other people yep just head on in so just roll on into the front door and have a chat to someone yes we've got forms to fill out as they do and uh, we go through a little process but we would love to see you wonderful thank you dr sandy we'll see you again next week to talk more real history right here in fnq there's been a lot of shortages over the last few years, hasn't there? Absolutely. I feel like everywhere we look, it's the toilet paper, it's certain fruit and veg. There was beers. There was all. There was beer at one point. That was pretty upsetting and hit home. But now, but now there is one that is pretty horrifying, and it's actually hit my own home over the last twenty four hours. The frozen chip shortage. 
Why? Like, why? What? It sounds very dramatic. I haven't heard about a potato shortage, but there's a chip shortage. What, what's going on? Is it the manufacturers? Like, why is that? All I know is that the last couple of times Jess and I have tried to go to Woolies could not get frozen chips. All my friends have children that <laughs> bank on having a lot of frozen chip packets in their freezer are devastated right now. Yeah, exactly right. And you might think, oh, well, I can't have frozen chips, so I'll have to stay away from those meals. Well, right now I'm about to help you, Cairns, because I have put together a list of JB's alternatives to frozen chips. So, you're making a meal. You're having steak. you got your salad. Oh, no, don't have frozen chips. What am I going to do? Option number one. Go to a local produce place. Go to Rusty's. Go to Johnson's and get yourself a stack of potatoes. They're pretty easy to cut. You can actually YouTube how to cut potato chips. And then you can actually cut them up. Bit of olive oil in a bowl. Some herbs. You could just get the mixed herbs. Salt and pepper. Shake them around. Chuck them in there. Also recommend a little bit of uh, chicken stock, just the powder. Sprinkle that over top. Put them in the oven. Dead set about 30 minutes in there with that olive oil. They'll cook up and be pretty decent Love chips. Love that. There's option number one. Option number two, potato gems. <gasps> Jess and I did this. Potato gems are an underrated thing, and they come in a frozen packet. They are just like a mini hash brown pop. Can I say something? I have not bought or eaten a potato gem for so long. You've given me ideas now. Neither had I. (laughs) They're actually quite delicious. In that same vein, another option is hash browns. They're still potato. They're still fried. They're still the same thing. There's no shortage of those right now? There seems not to be. We've been able to buy hash browns and potato gems. See, when I see hash browns, I just think of Maccas. Do people eat them at home? Hash browns? Yeah. Yeah, well, you can buy them in a big bag. Right, they're popular. Yeah, you can buy the same thing. It can be the same replaces. Maccas also have options for potato scallops nowadays, which is... Haven't tried it yet. That's not on my list, so deduct that away from it. Um, But I'll go one more potential option for you. Sweet potatoes. They are a go-to for everything. The same thing. You can YouTube how to cut them up into chips. That's an option for you. Otherwise, you can get what's called um, these chip slices. So you can buy them. Go to any of like your kitchen, homewares, even Kmart have them. You can load it in there, and it's basically a back-and-forth movement. Cuts them into chips. Same thing. Olive oil. For this, try and really use the mixed herbs and some of the Cajun spices. Sprinkle them over. Oven, 30 minutes, drizzled in olive oil. Bob's your uncle. JB the chef. I am super impressed. Frozen chips be damned. I still want them back, but we still got options, people. Chip away. It's triple A. Tammy and JB.